1: Welcome to the season finale of The Silver Bells Murders, the unofficial American Gothic internet radio show, exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on the man. Today is Friday, September 9th, and I am your host, Mike. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of CBS American Gothic. Please welcome my co host to our season finale, Jess...
0: Hey, everybody.
2: Hope you enjoyed this week's episode.
1: Sam Hoover.
2: Hello, listeners. Who is the SPK accomplice? We will find it very soon. It's you. No. Shut up. I knew it. Spoiler and alert.
0: It's all your
3: fucking <laughs> amino acids.
1: <laughs> oh my God. And last but certainly not least, Poppy Chulo.
3: Welcome, listeners, SBK. I have a feeling we're going to catch you before this episode is over.
1: (laughs) Let's jump into our recap of Season 1, Episode 13, titled Whistler's Mother, in which it was aired on September 7th, 2016. Here is the official synopsis of the episode. The Silverbell's killer accomplice is revealed as they target one of the Hawthorns before I get everybody's initial reaction, I'll go ahead and just speak about the ratings for the season finale. in it was a 0.5 in the 18 to 49 demo and the viewers ended with 2.55 million viewers. so it's stayed in a steady uh, motion as far as starting from the beginning of the season to the end, which end on an averagely of 2.7 million viewers so i would like to think that was pretty good so hopefully if it will get renewed and hopefully it'll do another season but for now we're just going to just go with it and just talk about this season finale so what was everyone's reaction for this final episode i'll start with jess how did you feel about this this ending part for the season
0: Honestly, I loved it. I thought, wow, this is going to sound like a, a repeat from the last episode that we did, but wow, they really stepped up their game this time, and I thought that they, you know, tied all of their loose ends up together really nicely, and I was super impressed with basically everything that they gave us. I felt like they answered all the questions i had i wasn't left kind of wondering like okay but what about this like plot hole there's a problem here i was like wow american gothic this was fantastic honestly it was
1: nice what about you poppy how did you feel about this being the final episode for the season
3: I can't believe I'm saying this, but I agree a thousand percent with Jess. And Jess has been a bit of like the negative Nelly this summer. So uh, I've got to say, everything that she said is spot on. I thought it was a really strong finale. I think it gave us all of the answers that we really wanted to know. It's, I don't know, it was just beautifully done. I loved uh, the um, surprising. Uh, revelation in this episode because I don't think any of us at all, throughout all of our predictions, predicted this, so uh, kudos to the writers I was really satisfied at the end of uh, this amazing finale
1: Awesome, awesome and Sam Hoover how did you feel about this being the final episode for the season?
2: I have to echo Poppy and say, like, I did not expect who it was and I just oh like I, there were so many people in play but it's like and I I thought at least one of us would have been partially right but like we were all wrong and I think the writers did that and it, it, looking when we look at this episode and then we look back on it at the end we'll say oh it looked kind of obvious if we're looking back in hindsight but honestly like I was not prepared so I say this is a was a phenomenal um phenomenally written episode so just kudos yeah like absolutely i'll echo that too
1: i have to agree too i feel like it ended on a really good note for the season i definitely was surprised especially individuals that were involved and how they ended it i think it was really well crafted and i think it left a really great impression on how well i think the season did and you're right i think if you were to go back to the season go back from like the beginning of the season and look at each episode again uh i feel like the subtle clues were there it just so happens that we didn't put them together like little bits and pieces that you normally would find oh there's nothing you know really strange about it so you know don't you know there's nothing to even contemplate on But I think overall, I think it was a really good, strong finishing episode for the season. But before we get into a thorough recap, here are a few reminders on how you can interact with the show via social media. Follow the show on Tumblr at the thesilverbellsmurders.tumblr.com. You can follow the station on social media. I mean, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, Instagram. Just find us and subscribe to us. You can even help support Poppy Chulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or maybe even concerns? Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talon at poppychuloradio.com. You can binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com archives and search for The Silver Bells Murders through iTunes and hit the subscribe button. New episodes are available to download on Fridays throughout the entire summer. Okay, gang, let's go ahead and dive into the finale. Let's see if we can dissect and get our take on it. So... As we know, the episode ended with uh, Naomi kind of looking suspicious where she kind of closes the door, locks it for the campaign office. And kind of like what I poppy said the last time, you know, it you know, made it look shady for her, but who knows? So the episode kind of opens up with the individuals, the voters already starting to vote for their candidate that they want and we see that it's Madeline obviously voting for her daughter and she is leaving and we see our favorite homegirl <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to come up and jump and say that <laughs> literally Phyllis oh god and we see you know Phyllis is complaining about her flowers and Madeline is just like I'm up to here with it you know I'm sorry Phyllis that your flowers are you know uh destroyed or whatever but i've received psychotic death threats uh, and a killer is potentially killing everybody wants to potentially kill everybody in my family and phyllis kind of just like blows it off and says you know well you know maybe won't be so probably won't be that difficult if you have a you know that police officer asleep by the front door and the scene then moves to us Where we see the police officer asleep near the front, near the front part of the house, we see obviously Malin is obviously not having it. And wait, pause
3: for a second. So Phyllis voted for Conley, right?
1: Uh, If I'm not
3: mistaken, yes. No, I mean she didn't say, but I mean I think it's obvious she didn't vote for the Hawthorne Price.
2: The button she has a button that says Conley on it. Oh, okay, there Mm -hmm.
3: you go. Yeah.
1: So we see that uh, Malin is. Obviously, a little upset that the police officer is asleep near the front part of her house, you know, on the driveway. And she basically just tells the police officer that, well, you know, you didn't notice him. So, uh, letting you know he's, uh, private security that I hired that the money, you know, best money that can offer. So, uh,. I'd rather not be on the protection of a... I think she called called him a narcoleptic B, average cop or something like that. Pretty much really jabbing at him. And she says, you know, I decided to go with something else. And uh, the, <laughs> the police officer says, you know, well, I'm, you know, I'm kind of rooting for the doll maker now. I thought that was funny, but... So we kind of see that she obviously opt out for the protection of the police. And she decides to go with the private security that she's hired. And we then see into the next scene where we see Cam and Jack and uh, Tessa are at the campaign office. And we see that it's decorated, you know, saying vote for Allison Hawthorne and everything. And we kind of see, you know all of the siblings are kind of together and I kind of just want to make a note that it kind of looks really great to see that from the start of the season we see that the relationship Garrett had with his siblings was strained for the most part as opposed to him being you know still having that strong connection with Tessa but here we kind of see that they're you know now a little bit more open with each other they're you know communicating and you know being with each other and we noticed that Allison is not there and Jack kind of asks, you know well, where is she at and Tessa says oh well you know she's kind of busy she's had a lot of stuff to do and the siblings start asking well where is Allison and Tessa says oh maybe I think she, I thought I saw her outside and basically they start to get the realization that they have no clue where allison is they literally have no idea where she is at and before i get into that poppy did you feel like that naomi might have had something to do with it or do you feel like no no way it's you know are you still sticking with what you had said previously
3: Yes, uh, 100%. It was a red herring type of situation. Okay. There was no way in hell it no was uh, Naomi. Yeah, I mean there's no way in hell that Naomi was trying to kill her. I mean, you could tell that she genuinely cared for her and loved her. I didn't necessarily know why she returned like to be quite honest, I thought it was going to be like, you know, I love you, you <laughs> know, be with you. I was here for you. I want to be with you, you know. Please forgive me for not telling you that I didn't go to Hawaii. And all that kind of stuff. So, I, uh, yeah, I I just, I wasn't buying it. Like, the whole thing of like, oh my gosh, you know, where's Allison? Could she have, uh, you know, been killed by Naomi? That kind of thing. I wasn't buying it. To be quite honest, I thought they were going to be in bed together. (laughs) You know? Like, she wanted some extra cuddle time. She wanted to, you know, play with each other's purse.
0: YOU ARE NEVER GONNA LET THAT
2: GO! I know he's oh, not at this rate. Alright. It was cute. Give Margaret a break.
1: I'm-
3: I know right?
2: Oh, so
1: Samantha has jokes! Okay. I'll keep I've always had jokes since day one.
2: Come on. Uh huh.
3: You're just the one that didn't find them funny. We did. <laughs>
1: So we kind of see into the next episode, where next episode, next scene, where <laughs> like, wait, what? Sorry, I'm sorry. The next scene where we see Tessa calls uh, Brady and lets him know that we have no idea where Allison is at. She's not here, and she's she is supposed to be here. And
3: yeah, she did the right yeah, thing, in no, my yeah, opinion. She
1: totally did the right thing, saying, you know, I have literally have no idea where she's at. You know. I need help, we need help to find you know, my sister, obviously so then, they the detective Cutter and Brady decide to try to figure out okay, there's gotta be some way that they can try to track her so they track her from her last known signal from, I think it was like the last known signal that she had
3: yeah, the data, something it was the last known coordinates, something technical Some
1: you know, based on the coordinates and we see that it goes to like this warehouse type thing where the police kind of just barge right in and we see allison is sitting with naomi and a couple of couple of other individuals sitting in front of her and she kind of stands up and is like brady like what like what the hell are you doing here like and we see that it kind of goes to naomi trying to explain to detective cutter that you know That for the past month that she's been trying to get, I think was like aid from a union, from uh, correct from a particular union, so that way they can get like the voters and have a little bit more, uh, I guess, easier way to make sure that Allison obviously wins the election and
3: correct getting the union support,
1: right? And Detective Cutter is like. Wait, what is your social security number? Because, you know, unfortunately, Naomi kind of fits the description of somebody that is has ties to the family and does have somewhat access and has been with Allison. So, obviously, Detective Cutter kind of has to question, okay, you know, what's your social, you know, to, to run the database on her. So, uh, Allison then explains to Brady that, you know, uh, I... You know, I decided to make this call that I need to see if I can get Union backing and you know and she kind of says, you know I I needed to do this and Brady says you know, but you have a lunatic trying to, you know do all this stuff to you guys, you know you shouldn't be doing that and Allison says you know, yeah, I understand but you know, she she wanted to take this out uh, take this upon herself and try to complete out any other potential candidates that she could have back here and brady explains to allison that we figured out that the accomplice is sbk's daughter and allison is like wait you think naomi is the accomplice and detective cutter then comes in and says nope it's not naomi she's always been naomi never changed her name so that's pretty much signifies for us that Nope, it can't be Naomi. Did any of you guys think that it may have could have been Naomi before we found out? Or no, you guys were like, no, there's no way on earth it could have been Naomi. The
2: way she looked at Allison at the end of the last episode, I was like, ooh, that's (laughs) awful. See, I
1: I was like, oh no,
2: because I liked Naomi. Me too. So I was like, no, it can't
1: be her. No, don't let it be her. Like, that'd be super cool,
2: but no. It'd be awful, actually. But honestly, like, she's been hurt by Allison, like, repeatedly over the last couple weeks. Like, I I get it. So that's why, you know, people, if people are really hurt by someone they truly care about, they could turn psycho in any second. And, like, we've seen that. So I I didn't put it past her for a second. But then I was like, okay, yeah, it was was fine. So...
1: Yeah, I I kind of felt the same way. I mean, couldn't put it past. But, again, I was kind of like, I like Naomi. I don't want her to be, like, that accomplice of oh no don't let it be and then when they confirmed that it wasn't her so i was like yes all right but then it dwindles down to who it could be so i thought that was really cool that they did that throughout this episode and when we go on to the next scene we do see that allison comes back to the office and says you know i'm sorry for you know running late i apologize And she's basically speaking to her supporters... And we see a special someone come in also... And it's Christina... And we see Garrett looks back and sees Christina... And he decides to go up to her... And uh, Christina says, you know, I got your letter... Which was a letter that Garrett had wrote down... That he originally wanted to give to Christina... Basically explaining everything in detail on what happened and Christina tells him you know uh you know is it okay if we talk and Garrett immediately says yeah of course you know of course we can and we see that once Allison finishes up her speech uh we see Tessa kind of come go up to Allison and uh Tessa kind of voices her concerns know about the the, you know that killer is still there and Allison says, you know, know, we're fine. We have the security here. You know, we're, you know, they have metal detectors and everything. And Tessa kind of brings up a really interesting point, saying, well, obviously, well, you know, guns and knives are not the problem. The killer could kill us with just the... We already established that the killer can kill us with a belt. So I thought that was a funny little, like, quip that she used. I personally thought that was hilarious. And we go into the next scene which i think was i personally thought was a really interesting uh conversation that these two people have we see that there's a knock on the door back at the hawthorne's residence and we see uh malin asks her security russo i believe that's Mm -hmm. his name to go ahead and open the door and we see that it's sophie and you see Madeline is just in disgust, kind of rolls her eyes, and is like, oh, "Like, what is this? this? Bitch. Uh, as Jess, Jess would say, this bitch, what is this da bitch doing here? And Sophie says, you know, I know, uh, you know, Madeline, I know you're right there, so just tell him that I am your daughter-in-law to let me in. And they decide to discuss about some of the pictures that cam has that are of just jack and sophie pretty much asked malin if she can go in and take some of the pictures away because that'd be the only type of like remembrance that she would have and malin simply obliges and says okay but she tells russo that go ahead and follow her upstairs and make sure that that is the only thing that she takes and we see sophie kind of slowly walk up the stairs and passes by mal and says you know and simply says thank you and i kind of got to get just your opinion on this when sophie showed up did you think that was kind of suspicious or strange that sophie had showed up like or do you feel like oh it makes sense given the circumstances that happened from the previous episode
0: Honestly like yeah it made sense but also like we know that Sophie has a bone to pick and I think especially with Madeline in particular because you know she is the one that's funding the lawyers that are taking her baby away and she still loves Cam and he's just like nope I have a pretty new nurse from rehab hi Haley. actually no I love that nurse but I digress um so I think she has a bone to pick with Madeline in general, and her just showing up like that—that's trouble. Honestly, if I were Madeline, I would be like, "No, n- you are not coming into my house. I will get those pictures for you. A lawyer will get them." Yeah, those
1: pictures I, I thought I thought, I thought Madeline my stuff. would have done that. Yeah, I thought I see, Madeline like
0: you're not touching my stuff. You're not breathing my air. You are disgusting. Please get away from me. Like just. I'm not saying, like, that Madeline should have been afraid of her, but I would have been a little bit more wary because uh, obviously Sophie has a lot of resentment and even, like, I would be concerned about a property damage or, you know, take... I, I mean, I know she sent the bodyguard after her, but, like, taking something or, like, even... Being, like, like blinking up sweetly at the bodyguard and being, like, I know she told you to keep an eye on me, but she took away my son. I just need something. And she would just, like, take something. And I could totally see, like, someone falling for that and being, like, well, Madeline Hawthorne's kind of a bitch. She separated her grandson from his mother. Like, who does that? And the security guard might have been, like, all right, that's fine. That's cool. I don't care sort of thing. So, like, if I were... In Madeline's position, there is no way that Sophie would have been getting past my house. I would have been like, "Yo, Hercules, do me a favor, put this trash out on
3: Hercules." Her- Hercules.
0: Bye, <laughs> princess. See you never. God.
1: So we do see also that we need
3: to see they need to remake already American Gothic with Jess in the role of Madeline. <laughs>
0: Oh, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I feel really bad for those children now.
1: (laughs) The wrath of Jess will be upon them, pretty much. And speaking of children, we do see that Jack kind of voices his concern in this next scene where he kind of, I wouldn't say show a his sense of humanity but he does voice his concern about not having something of remembrance towards his mother and he explains that he kind of wants uh the teddy bear you know back and cam says you know what i'll go ahead and get you the teddy bear so cam decides to leave and we see that it that garrett and christina are like on the side of the building, and we see that Christina tells Garrett that, you know, I'm glad that my father died for doing something that he believed in. And Garrett tells her that, you know, when we talked on uh, the phone, I got this idea that maybe there might be a chance for us. And Christina says, simply says, you know, yeah, there, there definitely could be. So I thought that was really cute. I thought that was cool. And uh christina says you know but she explains that that they can definitely give it a shot but just not in this town not here and garrett kind of takes like a quick second to think and he says you know i don't think i can leave you know that with everything that's going on i don't think i can you know, leave my siblings, leave my, you know, my family, and he asks, you know, is there any possible chance that you could stay, you know, is there a chance, and Christina says, you know, no, there isn't a chance, so that's, that itself was kind of like, oh, so there's kind of like a dilemma, essentially, and then it kind of moves over to brady and detective cutter at the graveyard and they they're standing over the graveyard of bridget of bridget bridget martin and i guess they try to see if they can maybe find some other clues as to where or you know maybe any other potential leads that they could take and they brady kind of gets this This epiphany as he's staring, I guess, up into the sky and he Uh notices that he tells Detective uh, Cutter that, you know, it's interesting that if you're standing here on the grave and then you look up, you see cherry blossoms and he starts thinking, you know, something something's kind of off something's kind of weird that if if you're paying your respects and you're literally standing right here the first thought that you have is the cherry blossoms that are you know growing right here and he simply just says you know I know who the accomplice is and it's like oh jesus like oh crap and It gets really interesting because Jess's favorite character kind of makes the revelation that she is the daughter of SBK, and it is none other than Sophie. (gasps) We see that Sophie has the tattoo on her, if I'm not mistaken, like on her neck going down to like chest. Her bosom. Bosom bosoms. And, oh my gosh! She says, "You know, she's telling Malin. Do you even know who my father was?" And Malin says, "No." And she says, "You know, he was an artist, and a very controversial one." And then it shows the flashback of all of the victims that were placed the way that SBK wanted to place them at the at the crime scene. And she simply says, you know, and I helped him. And Malin kind of just like shrugs her off and, you know, calls for Russo. And we see Sophie says, you know, he's not coming. And she simply, Sophie just turns around and simply just sedates her. And we see that Sophie has this Conniving, evilish look as madeline falls to the girl, falls to the floor. What did? How did you guys feel or react when Sophie is revealed as the SBK's accomplice?
2: You know, I figured it out when, just when that hand was packing the bag with the stuff, I'm like, that's Sophie. And, like, that's when it hit me. And I think that was what the writers had planned. It was, like, you can't figure it out till like, you you need to know. Like So, like, 40 minutes left of the episode, that's when you find out. And I'm just like, wow, that was really... And then, like I said in the previous podcast, you know, looking back on every single moment that was really sketchy of hers. And I was just like, well, let's just cam... Cam's relationship drama it really wasn't it was like oh you know we we should have like looked into that a bit more but I was focused I was focused on Madeline because she's still shady as crap and you know she did orchestrate everything so I was partially right but she didn't she wasn't the, the accomplice and I was a little shocked but um I it makes sense and it's like really drugs really alter someone's you know psyche and of course her backstory which we will hear about in the coming minutes but it just yeah it, it kind of was really shocking to me actually
3: yeah i thought it was surprising as well i didn't figure it out until the cherry blossoms to be quite honest uh, you know the hands i thought the hands were interesting but I, I wasn't really focused that much into it to have been able to have recognized whose hands they were but with the cherry blossoms i was like oh okay cherry blossoms I was like, okay, that's what she had. And then they had mentioned the cherry blossom tattoos. And I i mean, I know what a cherry blossom tree looks like. So I was like, okay, it's freaking Sophie. Like I would not have guessed it just because, you know, much like what Sam said with her drug addiction and whatnot, I just thought she was a hot mess. And like, the, I th- believe I mentioned this in um, the uh, previous podcast before this two hour finale that aired uh that it just because of her drug addiction it just didn't seem like sophie would be to be quite honest competent enough to do murders and to set them up elaborately and all that kind of stuff but uh you know once she sort of explains everything it made sense in a sense. And, uh, yeah, so she was, like, right under our noses, like, none of us figured it out, which, kudos to the writers, because that means that they wrote a really good mystery, because none of us really ever suspected her, we, I guess we all just thought she was just this drug addict that's kind of loopy, and, and the drugs made her loopy, so, none of us put two and two together, All of our predictions were wrong, in a sense. Like, no one that we predicted was the accomplice. No one was SBK, which is kind of funny. So, kudos to the writers.
1: Yeah, I would say same here. I had no idea that it was Sophie. I mean, when I saw the hand, I I thought it looked familiar, but I wasn't sure. And for me, it was when... Brady mentioned the cherry blossoms, that's when it confirmed it for me, right? Like I saw the hand and I thought, oh, like, it looks like Sophie's, but I'm not sure. So I wasn't entirely sure, but until Brady actually mentioned the cherry blossoms, that's when for me I was like, Oh, okay, it it's it's gotta be Sophie and the way that she showed herself there at the Hawthorne residence, she really did seem kind of off. And so it definitely... Well, she
3: always seemed off, to be quite honest. I mean, if we going to just be- speak honestly about the character, well, she n- was always kind of well, off.
1: N- not necessarily all the time off. Like, this one, I think, felt. I personally felt like this one was a little bit more... Uh, just the she way... was a little bit more nutsy cuckoo? Well, yeah, because of the way that she... The way that her body language presented herself as she simply just asked Malin to get the photos. I personally thought that was a little odd at first, especially when she slowly walked to Malin, just simply said thank you. I would imagine she would have ignored her completely instead of instead of making sure that Malin is aware of her saying thank you. I thought that was also strange too. But mm-hmm. overall, I. Th- like how you had mentioned really great job on the for on how the writers went about this i thought it was really well crafted i again had no idea it was her but moving on we see that madeline's a little distraught and she wakes up and she's tied up to the chair in the living room and she's telling sophie you know please you know you know don't do this and we see sophie kind of like just look at her like you really think i'm gonna listen to you like no this You know it's not gonna happen And Sophie Sophie kind of mentions that You know My father was you know the only person I had Left and it kind of Flashes back to a scene Where The psychiatrist that was originally supposed To evaluate Jack a couple episodes A couple episodes ago We see Sophie had answered About her parents and she says that her Mother had died when she was 10 so that was like a little miniature like ah that that was a partial clue in the season that could have been used to further evaluate as sophie as a potential accomplice but again i personally didn't pick up on it but i thought that was really cool that the writers kind of went back in previous episodes to showcase how certain things tied up to what led up to here right now and she simply says that, you know, I lost her, you know, that she goes and tries to tell Malin, like, do you even understand how that loss feels like, that your insides are ripped open or ripped apart and shredded and she says that, you know, that that was exactly how it was like for me and my dad she i feel like she gave this really weird explanation that oh that her father was taken away even though her father was this serial killer so i personally thought that was really interesting how sophie's approach uh how she decided to put her take on it and sophie explains that her mother was in an accident that she had been in like the hospital for like a couple weeks if i'm not mistaken and she's telling madeline that you know that she was there and that they hardly ever uh, uh that they hardly ever checked on her that she was completely out of it and that her mother was disoriented and they never really did anything that they kept that they, they never did any type of like special test or they didn't actually go in and do an actual diagnosis of her mother and she's explaining to Madeline that they had said that it was just side effects that her mother was suffering from and you can see that Sophie is reminiscing of what happened to her mother um when sophie's getting giving this explanation how did you guys feel sophie's approach on this on her explanation like do you guys feel like like this is what a psychotic person or a drugged up person would speak like or do you guys feel like she was actually uh actually coherent and eloquent in her speech like how did you guys feel her approach was
2: anybody can jump in i think like well yeah for being an addict i think it was pretty coherent for sure so like her brain is obviously fried because of i don't know how long she's been using but a long long enough you know to have a kid and for him to be affected so for her to be able to go through every memory and every reason as to what what led her to this moment in her life where she's like Continuing her father's legacy, it was just like, okay, that makes a lot of sense, and they flashed back to the appropriate times and when she was speaking, which was great. Um, But yeah, I think she did a good job of setting the scene. I think it scared Madeline um, even more, which, you know, fair enough. So I think she did a wonderful job of what she set out to do when she was speaking about that.
0: I really like the part in the scene where... Madeline's like, you went with your father to commit murder? Like, he actually took you out (laughs) for that? And Sophie's like, you're not exactly a great example of parenting either. And Madeline just gives her this look like, at least I never took my children to commit murder. But then she gets like that little... I just took
3: my husband.
0: Yeah, she gets that little look on her face like, oh, wait. Fuck!
1: I I agree. I thought that was really great that they... She kind of poked fun of how they both poke fun of each other like their parenting skills aren't the, the best and that's when Sophie explains that her, they I think it was mostly her father who plotted out a list of individuals who they wanted to carry out their mission especially to those that contributed to the the rich donors who helped actually build the hospital itself and then we see that in the flashback we see it says mitchell hawthorne and family i think it was like for like was it a was it a million i honestly do not remember i could have sworn it's at like a million but we see that both sophie younger sophie and her father kind of just stare into the like that palette thing that uh that describes each individual and how much the donations were and sophie then begins to explain that we borrowed a car from the family friend and then the scene goes back to the blind lady because that was crazy and again it leads to like oh so it leads to when brady and detective cutter found out about the car so i, th- I thought that was really cool that they tied uh that in, and then that's when Sophie had said, you know, that's when I would, you know, break into lavish mansions and stuff, and, you know, I was pretty good at it, and then it kind of flashes back to an earlier episode where Sophie is seen downstairs by the front door with Cam, and Cam's like, holy shit, like, how did you even, like, get in here, like, how like what like there's no way and again it alludes to little bits and pieces of clues that sophie provided for us that that they were completely subtle and we didn't notice and you guys had mentioned it right now too that that's when madison uh that's madison margaret (laughs) I said Madison, chill out. When Madeline mentioned, you know, that's, you know, your father would take you to, you know, commit these, you know, murders, these crimes. And Sophie just kind of looks at her and says, you know, you know, you're, you can't be the one to judge on parenting skills at all either. And uh, she explains that on that night, she would tell he would tell her that he would go in first and she would wait in the car and we see a flashback of sophie listening to her father and her father tells her that you know wait for my signal and then come in and sophie you know looks at him and says okay you know i understand and sophie would then explain that when it was done uh she would she would go ahead and hear the signal and she would come in and help uh clean up and set up the scene you know putting the body there all tied up and everything and then finally place the bell right near the victim and we see we see that sophie kind of pulls out a silver bell which i thought was kind of interesting because as we all know we thought the bells were all disposed of so i thought that was really cool that the writers did that that they kind of just like showed that a bell still existed even though all or most of the bells were disposed of by allison and we see we see that sophie explains that we would put that the bell was placed there to as of a way for cry for help but that it was just out of arm's reach so that was really poetic i don't know how you guys felt about it but i thought that was actually really cool like creepy but cool that 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 was the reasoning a bell was placed next to victims like what did you guys think of that
3: yeah i thought it was neat i didn't think Their justification as to who they were killing was really all there and all that logical. Like, they were killing the donors to the hospital. I mean, not that I'm trying to tell killers who to kill, but it would make more sense for them to kill like the people that actually worked at the hospital, I would guess, because those are the people that gave them the bad service.
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, if a donor really does provide that much equity into a particular organization or company, they do have some sort of a say as to how or what funds can be distributed into certain supplies and certain things like that. So on that note, but I do agree that it seems kind of odd that their focus was solely the donors and not the actual employees
3: yeah that, they didn't watch saw they didn't watch the saw franchise they've got maybe better tips
1: apparently not so i mean that that's the way that i see it. and sophie says that you know the bell was placed there in arm's reach you know just out of arm's reach and that's how it was like for us for me and for my father mm-hmm. so she tries to to make this comparison and we see that malin is now we see that she's scared we do see this you know this frightened woman now and she says oh my god like what do you want like i'll give you anything and sophie tells her you know you know shut up don't talk you know my father came into this house and never left which by the way i wanted to kind of like slap sophie and tell her no because your father wanted to commit murder you're you're stupid and no like that's not even a legit reason but i guess for my own sanity i guess i'll just listen to what you have to say because she simply says you know my father was here and he he never left and that she says you know i waited for the cops to find me or to hear my father's name in the news but i didn't hear anything you know he he never appeared and she says you know because you never called the cops you decided to use my father like his name his his signature everything about him to get revenge and to get rid of your own enemies and the way i saw it was that i kind of felt just a little suspicious how sophie knew about all of this information i don't know about you guys but i felt a little i felt a little curious and i felt a little like wait a minute how did she know about her father being used that it was somebody within the family that it was her that her and her husband were using that I guess I felt a little like strange about it because mm-hmm. she, she,
3: your spidey senses were tingling.
1: They, they were. Cause I, I kind of felt like, wait, how did she know about all of this information? Because only somebody within the family had to have known. I mean, it, yeah, only Allison, Tessa, uh, Garrett and cam were the only people that could have, you know, known at least from what I'm aware of. So I thought that was strange. I don't know, Papa, you had, you, you kind of agree, right?
3: Yeah, I thought it was really fishy. I was like, she knows a little bit too Christ. much, for, especially for being someone who's been on the outs with the family yes, for a little I, while. I
1: thought, wait a minute, how could she have picked up on so much stuff? Like, don't get me wrong; like, if she figured this out on her own, like, kudos to her, because that's pretty difficult to do. But there, ha- there has to be some other way that she found out. And that's when Sophie explains that you know, that's when I became an orphan, that I got uh, taken in. Uh, that I got taken in by the same family friend took me in and she simply says you know I really I didn't want to kill her but And we see that Sophie's super sad and we see that you know she's you know a little upset about it that you know that she feels bad that she had to kill her but she felt that if the cops were closing in they she felt that she had to get rid of her before she would actually spill out who she was that the family friend the blind woman would have slipped up and she would have mentioned her name and and sophie looks at madeline and she's upset and says you know and that's why i try to make it quick quick and that way she didn't have to suffer i guess showing how much anger she still has towards madeline and alan just simply says you know i can give you money i can give you whatever you want and she says you know let me help you like you need money I can give you money I can give you you know lots of money and Sophie says you know what like just stop talking just be quiet don't say anything and she's pulling out the belt and she covers Malin's mouth because we see Cam come in and, she, and he has headphones. Of all the times he has to have fucking his headphones. And he's just lets Madeline know that he has to get he wants to pick up something for Jack. And we see that Cam goes upstairs and he's, you know, searching uh, for the bear, and he notices the bear's on top of like the desk or whatever, and he and he pulls it away from the desk and he turns around, and he sees uh Sophie.
3: Phyllis! Oh my god Phyllis. Screw Phyllis. And he sees... I know you want to. Ugh.
1: And we see that he sees Sophie and he's like, oh my god Like, what are you doing here? And we we see that Sophie pretty much says, you know, I wish this didn't have to come to this and she literally just pushes Cam on the floor and we see Russo appearing lifeless next to Cam and cam is like oh my god who is that's like what's and cam is completely just dist- distraught and is like what is going on what are you doing and he's like why are you handcuffing me to him like what like why and sophie says you know i have to finish and she says you know i have to finish what my father started and cam then gets the little light bulb in his head and says oh my god it was you and Sophie explains that you were just supposed to be a way to get into the family. And then it goes back to a cutscene from the past of when Cam explained about a woman that he would see in different places, like at the coffee shop, at the movies and whatever. And she... And Allison says, oh, and let me guess, she just popped up right in front of you. And she said that, you know, hi, I'm Sophie and I'm going to be your girlfriend. And I don't know about you guys, but I thought, oh, my God, like that is crazy that, again, all of these stuff are actually coming together. I, I don't know. What did you think, Samantha?
2: You know, like, she was really dead set on ruining his life, and it just really makes me mad. I don't know if Jack was in the plan at this point, like, hearing that. And I was like, well, she said, oh, this was just supposed to be this. And then, you know, we also saw them having a little bit of fun together as a family, I think, too, in in the flashbacks, like, in that Mm -hmm. same um, instance. So I was just like, okay, you have feelings for him, so, like, it's deeper than that, even though you... In, originally intended to just, like, tear some shit up, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, so I think she was conflicted at that point saying that, but, like, I, I'm i not putting anything past her anymore. She, she mm, yeah, I, you know, I was trying so hard, as you guys know, to give her the benefit of, of the doubt to, like, at least the very least that I could do because I still kind of did suspect something was wrong there. And obviously... Yeah, like, more than just drugs, but I didn't want to, like, accuse her because I didn't know, you know, what I know now, so, um, I think that was really bad of her, like, you're you're messing with other people's lives, it's not just Cam, it's, like, you're trying to, like, ruin an entire family, yeah, they're prestigious and they're rich, and, like, but what does that have to do with, like, they... I don't know much about the Hawthorns outside of what we've been shown, but I don't think they're really like, besides the killing, I don't think they've done anything else wrong. Like I don't know. Like Is it just because oh they're rich? I don't know. Is it just bringing down the 1%? Is that what she's... Because I know, I know her motive. I get that. But I don't know. It's like hurting innocent people regardless of status. It just doesn't make sense. And in an age, she shouldn't have done it. But you know what? If, like father, like daughter, you gotta obey your parents when you're younger and then She got her own vendetta. So that's how I feel. Those are my feelings on that.
1: And it's crazy because she did mention that, you know, that they created a very unique child and that they did have good times and that her being with him kind of extinguished her revenge that it put away her wanting to get revenge and she makes the she makes the notion that well after you said that i could not be a part of it then i thought well the only thing i have left is the revenge so essentially if cam was still with sophie this more than likely would have not happened but who knows because she did state that now she feels like that she doesn't have anything that this is the only thing that she has and she simply just leaves him being kind of goes back downstairs and the next scene kind of pushes forward to where Brady is calling uh, Tessa and says, by any chance. Do you know if Sophie is there or do you know where she's at? And she says, no, I don't know where she's at. And she's not even here. And Brady just simply tells her that she is SBK's daughter, that she is the accomplice. And Tessa is at first doesn't believe it and she says you know no there's no way that it can be I mean I'm here with Garrett with you know guards Allison whatever and she she says wait Cam went back to the house to go get something for Jack and that's when she says you know that he's been gone for a while and that her mother is there too and that's when Tessa, I believe, tells Garrett, you know, this, uh, pretty much that Sophie is the accomplice, and Garrett says, you know, I'll handle it, I'll go. So Garrett decides to leave, and Malin calls, and then the scene moves over to Malin calling out for Cam to make, I guess, to make sure that he is all right. And that's when Malin tells Sophie that, you know, what, if I will retract everything for you and Jack, I will. Basically, she explains that she's willing to call right now to make sure that she gets the visitation, supervised, everything she wants in order to see her son. And we kind of see that at least what it looks like that Sophie is actually, you know, listening to Madeline and uh, Madeline says, you know, I can tell them that Jack needs you in his life. I can tell the judge, you know, I can... Shared custody, supervised visits. You know, I I can tell them exactly what you want me to tell them. And Sophie says, "You know, you're willing to do that." And Malin says, "You know, yes, I am willing to do that." And it looks like Sophie's somewhat listening, but then she kind of gives like the semi-stewy, stewy -stewy neck twitch, like move, whatever, like where she smiles and says, "You know, yeah, right, it's not going to happen." And we see her slowly get the belt and she's kind of wraps it around her hand and, uh, in moves on over to cam trying to pull the body out from the stairs because she's hand, cause he's handcuffed to Russo. Well, you know, dead Russo. And we see that he uses him as a like, Slide as a board to go. Oh, that was spectacular. That was horrible, but yeah. It was only, that was amazing. That was the only way he can get down the stairs, so kudos that was to him.
3: Oh my god, he people are so bad.
1: And it was the only way that he could get down this. It was
3: like a sled. Oh my god. It was like Christmas.
1: And he uses him as a way to get down the stairs, which is, you know, I'll admit, it was pretty, pretty smart. And, um, we see that in during that time we see that Sophie is stra- you know you know putting the belt over Malin and suffocating her and that's when Cam pulls out the gun from the side of Russo's uh, pants and he pulls out the gun and he goes over and points the gun at Sophie and Sophie just simply says you're too late it's, it's done and we see that Cam is like distraught and like like holy crap and we see Malin is just sitting there with her lifeless body there on the chair. When that happens, what did you guys how did you guys feel? Like what did you, what was y'all's reaction?
2: I was kinda like I felt sick because I was just like, okay, this is kinda what I wanted the whole series, but then she she is actually dead and I was just like, well, maybe not I don't know like that was a weird feeling for me I just it was just kind of sad to see her body there like just her just like laying there or sitting there or whatever like that I was like that's kind of depressing and although she was a complete bitch the entire time (laughs) there's a better end than that you know so that's how I
3: I thought it was a little bit of karma to be quite honest
1: yeah I kind of felt that it was karma
3: yeah she took up the moniker for lack of a better word you know because she was getting rid of people posing as sbk i think it was kind of appropriate and almost poetic that she actually got killed by the real sbk accomplice
0: i agree i thought that she was faking it actually for the first little bit because my mom watches it with me and she's like oh she's dead and i was like that bitch isn't dead satan doesn't die Hey, that's what I thought, too. And then I, she was dead, so... Yes, she wasn't Satan. That was actually Jack.
2: Can I say that my mom was like, so there's going to be a twist at the end. She's going to move in that, in that coroner's bag, and I was like, Mom, like... Oh, my God. <laughs> I actually wanted that to happen after she said burm, it. I was burm, like, what? <laughs> you know, maybe... Well, maybe we'll see that some other day. But well, you know what's good.
3: interesting though is that it makes complete sense as to why Jack is the way he is. He has it from his uh, maternal grandfather and his paternal grandmother. So it's just and his that mom. that
0: she's creepy too. Well, yeah, well,
3: yeah, that as well. But uh, like, at least from the grandparents, like he has an actual grand father and a grandmother that both were serial killers and obviously the mother is as well and then you mix in all the drugs from both parents like no wonder he's the way he is
1: and when we move on a little bit further we do see that that Cam has this struggle of wanting to pull the trigger and we see that He's definitely struggling whether to pull the trigger on Sophie or not. Pull the trigger,
3: man. Garrett
1: ex- Garrett explains to Cam that, you know, you can't... You know, you don't want to do this. You don't want to... Pull the trigger, man. ...be what I did where I had to kill somebody. And you, you know, you have the option where you don't have to
3: go through this. Stop being a purse. Pull the trigger.
1: And he simply tells cam that you know if you do pull the trigger what's gonna happen to jack that you'll that you'll go to jail you know you won't you know he won't be in your life or anything like that he won't
3: go to jail it's self-defense pull the trigger
1: well you never know it it, you'd be surprised how interesting the court system can it's self-defense doesn't matter
3: hire the legal lady that knows her shit, and uh, she'll get you off
0: yeah, you're still rich. You can still hire a lawyer and make sure that none of this was your fault. That she is not the point. Mom, and and he has, bitch, and but... he has
3: white privilege.
1: Oh my god, that is not you're the Chelsea point.
0: Is he not white? Yeah, that is not
1: the point. The Pulled point the trigger. is Greer didn't want Cam to go through with that, and Cam actually did you call does... him Greer?
0: Whatever shoot that bitch. <laughs> shoot her. It doesn't matter what her name is. Shooter.
1: And Cam decides to p- pull the trigger but Garrett uh, moves moves him out of the way uh, Garrett Sophie, you're such a purse. Before uh, before Cam can actually shoot Sophie and we see Sophie escapes through the window. Yes, yeah, cuz and- she's
3: fucking Houdini.
1: Yeah, I do think that was kind of odd, but... Yeah, that's... what
0: the fuck was that? She's, like, yeah. from Cirque
3: du Soleil now, it's, I guess.
1: But we do move on to the next scene where we see that Allison does win the election and becomes Yay. the first female it, mayor Phyllis. of Boston. And we see everybody's clapping and cheering and everything, and we see Tessa got a phone call, and we see that she's crying and she feels... know sad and everything from the news that she got about her mother and you could tell she gives this sad facial expression to allison and allison goes straight from being happy to a somber you know sad face and we do see that the siblings all meet up at the residence and we see that Malin's body is being taken away and we see that the siblings kind of gather around and watch as her as their mother gets taken away from the house and we see the boat all four siblings are staring at the the police van that has their mother's body mm-hmm. and we see that they're you know kind Phyllis
3: of did a little jig oh my god
1: and we do see that they're kind of you know sad and upset and everything and it, it just it just ends on this really you know sad look and everything and we kind of just see that Brady kind of just goes through the files and is just in shock I guess out of everything because it happened to his family and he says you know how did we did we miss it you know I had known her for years and I never even caught it and Detective Cutter makes the point that, you know, nobody ever sees her family very, uh, very clearly, but now that we know who it is, the next time that she shows her face, we will be ready, you know, that we'll get her, you know, she shows her face in public, and, you know, it's all thanks to you, and she makes the point that this, this crime, this mystery has, you know, never been able to been solved for more than 16 17 years and yet you your your persistence and your drive to find the truth you know really help shape to find out who it was and Brady kind of just tells you you know know thank you and he Kind of pulls out the drive from his desk and gives it to Cutter and says, "You know, this is the this is the conversation between you and Conley, and you know, this is the only one that's there." And Cutter says, "You know, you could hold this, you know, over my head forever if you wanted to." And Brady says, "You know, why would I want to do that to uh, to my partner?" Oh, so it really does show that he.
3: He, they're going to make he does love.
1: care wow that he really does care that he does you know that he's not this conniving person yes brady is, for
3: mvp yeah. that
1: brady is a nice nice dude and we do see that it then moves on to the, this next scene where we see the, all of the siblings are sitting in the guess you could say like lobby area of the police station and they're kind of explaining and cam is like you know great jack's grandfather is sbk and well you know this, this is just wonderful and garrett you know garrett says you know yeah but he has you and you know he's gonna be fine and he has us so don't even worry about it he's he's gonna be good to go and tessa uh ask Garrett wait are you staying around like why like you have Christina you know why are you gonna stay here and go to San Francisco and Garrett says you know I can't leave you guys I can't I can't do that and it really again like it really does showcase that their relationship with each other now has under the shitty circumstances that happened it did get better and uh, Garrett says well and they wouldn't even let me out of the state anyway and Allison says you know they would if uh, the mayor were to talk to the probation officer so like you do see like they they're in much better terms than they were at the beginning of the season Mm -hmm. so I thought that was I thought that was really really cool that you know they're come together and then it gets even interesting i think and it says one year later we see that uh some it opens up with some food being spilled over and it was tessa's uh baby that kind of like spilled over the bowl whatever and we see tessa and brady with the with the cute little baby that's there and we see uh tessa's on the phone uh is on the phone and basically says, you know, did the flight come in on time? So I'm assuming she's talking to Garrett and she says, you know, I can't wait. And then it moves over to cam saying, you know, okay, awesome. I can't wait. Uh, we'll be there. And then we see, ah, our favorite nurse assistant, however you want to call her. Uh, tell her, tell cam that, Oh, look, it's 12. It's on the dot. It's officially been a year. And, because they had originally said a couple episodes ago that you know they can't really do patient you know nurse type relationship you know they have to wait about a year 12 months so in case of a relapse or whatever And we see that they definitely engage in adult things that most of us all of us most or all of us do and
2: oh
3: my except for sam hoover
2: Okay, Ooh. cut that out. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. hey. And, we, and We
1: do see that it does move over to the siblings all meeting up at the beach, and we see that everybody looks like they're having a great time. We see Jack. We see Tessa. We see Allison and Naomi together mm-hmm. with the two kids. I so thought that was really cool. Let's be we honest. see Allison and Naomi are looking happier than ever, and we see later on... We see that Garrett and Christina are coming by with the kid and... Tom is with Jess now. We see that everybody is now super happy. We see, you know, people... When Garrett comes by, he's, you know, all smiles. And he looks just like a happier person. And he's smiling, gives a hug to Cam. And he's giving a hug to, to Tessa. But we notice that him and Tessa give this longer hug... Like, kind of like this brotherly, this bond of sibling love, knowing that some of the hardships that they specifically went through that was designated towards them. And we just see that then it moves over to Jack kind of looking off in the distant and he's has that weird face like of disgust or something. I don't know. He just, his face is just, he's just an all around weird kid. We see that he picks up the bear and he kind of moves away from the beach spot that they're at and he kind of looks at the bear and he uh presses on the arm of the bear and it's sophie's voice and it says don't worry you'll see me again soon and jack kind of just looks off into the distance and he's kind of like upset or crying or something because he does look like he's visibly upset and he just simply says you know when?" and we kind of hear like the eerie music in the background or something like that but then it kind of moves over to Allison having like an interview with a the tv reporter and the tv reporter just basically asks you know what was your secret you know after a year in office you're doing so well you know what's the secret behind your success for being you know staying strong and Allison just says you know uh, I, you know, the devil's in the details And I am thorough to a fault And then it decides to go back to cutscenes From the from the episode And it was showing that Allison Was sitting in Sophie's house And she was sitting in the couch Because she originally wanted to tell Cam and Tessa everything About what she found out But they left to go find jack and sophie at the aquarium but then it moves over to the next scene where originally allison brought in was brought in for questioning during the time that she wanted to tell brady that she thinks that that during that time she thought it was detective cutter as the individual that was during that episode i don't know what specific episode it was but it was that many episodes ago and she notices that in a particular picture there was a wallpaper uh i don't remember the design but it was a the design was very familiar and she also noticed that it was very similar to i think it was like a flower like wallpaper or something where it was similar to sophie's and then it goes to a different scene where we didn't see during the episode where Allison meets up with Sophie and she flat out tells her, you are the accomplice. I know. And I thought, Oh my God. Like that was crazy. I don't know how you guys felt, but I thought, Holy crap. Like she figured it out before everybody who it was. And she says that, she tells sophie that i know it's you because of the wallpaper of your self-portraits they're identical and it's from the blind lady's house and she simply says you know you must have known her very well enough you know knowing that you were gonna get her to to cover up for you and being able to and she explains about the funeral as well so I don't know, like, how did you guys feel knowing that Allison was starting to piece up together and she flat out just confronted Sophie just like that? Like, what did you guys think?
2: And asked her to kill her mom? Yeah. yeah. How yeah. did you
1: guys feel? Like, she basically just flat out said, you know, it, she basically tells her that it all adds up, it all leads to you, and she simply says that, you know, you don't necessarily need to get rid of everyone, you just need to get rid of my mother.
2: I think
1: that was smart. Right?
2: She was yeah. the one that was to blame for everything, and I just feel like that was the most like, devious thing, and I loved it because I was just like, yeah. she does, yeah. That's what she deserved. I know, like I said earlier, it was kind of like, maybe she deserved a bit of a better death, you know? Because obviously, yeah, she was going to get killed either way because she had a coming, honestly. But yeah, I think that was pretty smart that they teamed up and, and were like, yeah, okay, let's do this.
1: It was crazy, right? And then yeah. she and it's
3: interesting how Allison basically has turned into her mother.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And then it gets even more interesting when it show, shows that she removed one of the silver bells from the box and throws the rest of them into the water. And she says, you know, you know, I know what happened when your father came in, which explains how Sophie was able to get all of that information and reveal it to malin since sophie didn't have that pre-existing information to begin with and allison t- tells her that i can go to the police and you go go to Wade, to jail for a very long time and she says you know you don't need to target all of us you just need to target my mother she orchestrated everything she did everything the cover-up killing david uh david morales and she's like i know you want revenge and sophie says you just want to remove the liability so that way you can protect the rest of your family which is kind of like synonymous to what madeline would do basically get rid of a liability so that way her family is intact and Allison says you know so you see the benefits of this you see the elegance in this and we see Sophie kind of look at the bell look at Allison and basically tells her that you know what I'll go ahead and do it which is synonymous to that same scene where we see the trunk open if I'm not mistaken it looks like it was the same area because the trunk was open and we see Sophie's hand with the robe and the bell and everything, which reveals that that was when they met. That was during that time, and the reporter had asked Allison, "You know, your mother's killer is still out there. You know, how do you cope with that?" And Allison says, "You know, I learned from my mother that you know you can either choose to live in fear or you can move forward." Basically, quoting back what her mother had told her so many episodes ago. And that you can either let these actions dictate how you want to move forward. Or you can summon the strength within you to move forward. And Allison says, you know, our family is thriving and moving forward. And she simply says, you know, I think my mother would be proud. And the season ends there. Which I thought was crazy. So with that being said if you guys had to rate the episode what we're gonna do first we'll rate the episode and then we'll grade the season so go ahead and rate the episode and then grade the season right after so jess if you had to rate the specific episode what would you get from one to ten silver bells and then from there how would you grade the season from an f to an a pluses and minuses are definitely allowed
0: okay uh, for this specific episode, I would give it nine Silver Bells. I really did enjoy it. I thought they made the most of, of what they had, the foundation that they set up. I really enjoyed the twist. And for me, I think the overall grade would be... Ooh. Okay, I'm going to give it a B plus, But it's a very strong B+. And for me, like, I've been consistently... Uh, giving the show some pretty low ratings on past episodes but what I really liked and what really hit home as you just mentioned um Allison turned into her mother and so that last line like I think my mother would be proud of me it really kind of brought this theme that has been there from the beginning of you know are we made a certain way or are we born a certain way and so Jack is obviously, like, the product of his screwed-up grandparents. And Allison actually, and I love it because she actually looks the most like her mother, sounds the most like her mother, she became Madeline. Madeline became her own mother. And so you have to wonder if the cycle will continue with this family down the line. Like, will they just keep... Fucking up generations of people. Like, what's going to happen for them, basically? Like, we saw them all happy on the beach, but that's not going to last. Like, other than Jack, obviously, because we know he's going to grow up to be a serial killer. What other issues are these kids going to face? Like, are Allison's twins going to become her? I mean, I doubt it, because they're both really stupid. But what if they did? Like, you know, I just thought it was really interesting that they kind of brought that well they were kind of dumb sorry they were cute but they were dumb Um, but I just thought it was really interesting how they brought that theme of like everything coming full circle and like who you are is that dictated by nature or nurture I just that aspect was really well done and really well thought out and so I think that was actually my favorite part of the series which is why I think in my opinion given you know the low ratings I've given it before that I actually would give it a solid B
2: solid B okay
1: Sam, if you had to rate the episode first from one to ten silver bells, what would you give it? And then, what grade for the season would you give it?
2: I'm gonna say ten. That's like, oh, I know it might be shocking. No, like I think this is exactly the finale I was looking for. Like I knew they were gonna, you know, start slow, and then they just kinda threw everything at us at once, and then even more than I had expected. So that was like a, a thing for me as well as, yeah, like, even Allison at the very end, like, yeah, that was a twist for me, Allison did become her mother, and I already, I always pointed this out, but they always echoed each other's actions, and I was like, I wonder if this is going to be important, I didn't really pay much attention to it, because I'm like, well, they are related, and that's her mom, so yeah, they're going to act, you know, similar, but, like, not exactly the same, like, that's crazy, um, and I definitely think that they set it up well for a season two. Like there's so many questions that have been answered, but there's many more that, you know, have been posed as the season ended. And I was just like, you know, Poppy originally said this is probably just a one and done type. Like, you know, this is the only season we're going to get, but I I don't know. I think it depends on the fans and it depends on, you know, the writers, but I really, I really hope and pray that they do bring this back, because I'm not done, I, I can't just, like, pull out of this series, like, I'm so invested now, and I want to know what happens, and it just pulled everything together perfectly, so, yeah, that's why I would give it a 10, and I think, um, sort of to echo Jess, I think maybe B plus would be my grade, like, I, it's, you know, it's A grade, but, you know, there were some things where I, where I remember in certain episodes where I could have used more context, or, you know, sometimes less, but um, that's just, first season is like the setting, the stage of whatever show um, you're portraying to the viewers. so like this was a good um, scene setter, so I think B-plus is an inappropriate grade.
1: Okay, and Poppy, what would you rate the episode from 1 to 10 Silver Bells, and from there, what grade for the season would you give it?
3: I agreed this episode 10, Silver Bells. I thought it was uh, the finale that I wanted, much like what uh, Sam said as far as the finale that she wanted. I thought it was a really great and very strong season finale. I feel like all of our questions were answered. I feel like them showing sort of flashbacks to the past and to episodes that we've seen to sort of explain exactly, you know what was going on, and putting things into the right context. Like, it just... It, everything made sense, and I thought it was beautifully done. The show has always had great cinematography, and and really great uh, camera angles, and, and it's just... Everything has been perfect about the show, even the musical cues. So, the finale was a really strong season finale, so I have to give it ten silver bells. So I kept ten from the box that uh, Allison threw away. And as far as the grade for the season... I'm going to go with, uh, in particular because I don't think I've really gave it that low of a grade, or I should say that low of a Silver Bell rating, I'm going to give it a solid A. I give it an A for the season. I thought it was a really strong series. I wasn't disappointed at all throughout the season. I felt like each episode was pretty strong and the uh, it really built upon the previous episode. Each episode got stronger and stronger. I know there were a couple of episodes that I gave a solid 10 silver bells. So for me, I thought it was a really strong series. The acting was good. The surprises and the twists were really well done. Some of the cliffhangers were a little wonky, but I get why they did it. Because you know they had to put the red herrings in there for all the people to go, Oh my gosh, did that really happen? So uh, overall... For the season, I give it an A. They did a really great job. Uh, Kudos to the writers for making a twisty and surprising summer series.
1: Nice. I think for me, if I had to rate it from 1 to 10 Silver Bells, I probably would would give it a... I have to give it a 10. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I think it was great, and especially the little twist at the end i think was awesome i felt like it definitely answered everything at least for me it answered all of the questions that i had and it really did provide the reasoning like i would say legit reasons why sophie did it and i feel like overall the season itself if i had to grade it i probably would give it an a minus a minus close to an a I think I I don't remember ever giving it a low grade to begin with on any of the episodes, but I think overall I really enjoyed it. I think it was a great season. Uh, I I feel like it, I think it would have been a little more interesting if maybe one more additional individual was, was killed or removed, but I think it really did satisfy the, my intentions or what I was expecting from this show i think overall it was just a really solid show so i would definitely say kudos to the writers but on that note we would like to thank our listeners for joining us these past 13 episodes you can visit poppychuloradio.com archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for The Silver Bells Murders and subscribe. Please like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. You can help support Poppy Chulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychuloradio. Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or even concerns. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Radio team as an honor, personality, or blog contributor? Email talon at poppychuloradio.com. Co-hosts, for the final time this season, please wish our listeners a happy good night.
3: Good night, listeners. Thanks for joining us on this journey, SBK. We know who you are and we're watching out for you.
2: Good night, listeners. Like Poppy said, thank you for coming on this wonderful adventure with us and catching the killer.
0: Good night, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Something hit my window. I don't know. It was
3: caramel.
0: Jesus Christ. It was was Sophie. Okay, stop it. I'm alone.
3: We love you, Phyllis.
0: Okay, let me try that again. Good night, everybody.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Silver Bells Murders, everyone. Have a great
3: night.